0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Then Again with Glenn and Marie.
1: Hey, everybody. Many of us have been to another country, overseas, even to parts of Europe and England and Ireland. Some of us were lucky enough to actually get to go to school at Oxford. Spoiler alert, it wasn't me. <laughs> But we wanted to share with you some of our experiences and what it was like to go to school overseas in a whole other country in some ways when you do get to visit some of those other countries, things to maybe observe to help you understand not only their history a little bit more, but our history too.
0: So last summer I was fortunate enough to go and study abroad at the University of Oxford, which I refer to as the most magical summer of my life because I swear the city of Oxford is magical. It was very, very different university setting than what I was used to at the University of Georgia, where I just graduated from, because their university system is set up with different colleges. UGA also has different colleges. You usually have like the College of Business, College of Agriculture, College of Engineering. At Oxford, they have Trinity College and Balliol College and Christchurch College, or Christchurch, that actually does not have the name college after it, fun fact. <laughs> Common misconception. And they are sometimes perhaps more specialized, different colleges are, but it's more general study uh, from what I can tell. Basically, if you think of the United States and then the federal government, that is how the colleges at Oxford work and then Oxford University. So each college is very independent. You have your own dorms. Each college has its own dorms, own dining hall, own library, and they are usually in this little fortress wall thing. That is like, The most self-contained city,
1: almost. And they fund themselves individually, too, I believe.
0: So there's not, like... When people think of, like, Oxford University, it's not like there is an Oxford University building where you're like, oh, yes, this one. It's more like there are all these little colleges that make up Oxford University, or very big colleges. Some of them are huge. And
1: so when you went there from the... uh Oh, what was that little university that you graduated from again?
0: Uh, You mean the University of Georgia? Yeah,
1: whatever that is. So when you went from there to Oxford, did you have expectations of of how different it was going to be? Did they prepare you in any way?
0: I did not know. I had never been to Europe before. I had always wanted to go. I had been out of the country uh, to South America, but I had never gone to Europe. So there were some things where I was just like... How do I figure out how to get on a train? And I had never, also i had never gone by myself. This was the first time I'd gone out of the country on my own, it was just me and my friend Brianna who had also never been out of the country. So it's just these two girls who are trying to attempt to figure out and navigate England. I had talked to, you know, people who had gone before cause some of my friends had also gone on the study abroad program and they prepared me to an extent just from their stories. But it's different when you have to try to figure out how to get on a train by yourself.
1: Or how to order food in a pub.
0: Yes. Oh, that was the most confusing thing. For a, it's, well,
1: it's confusing for <laughs> us Americans, but
0: No, it's confusing for them too because my professor, Ollie, who uh, did romantic literature at Oxford with us, he also gets confused at pubs. If you sit and they come to you at the table or if you go and I made me feel so much better that an actual British person was also confused.
1: Uh, uh, there's no uniformity to it. No. Because I remember we would when we went we would go in and we just walked in the door and we literally looked around like well what now and it was only later when a very nice person explained well you go up to the bar you order your food you get your drink then you go sit down these are the things they don't tell you when you travel abroad and this is in a country where the language is supposed to be well it's not the same but it's at least similar translatable Two, two people separated by a common language
0: because i also noticed people would ask are you okay? And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm fine. But like, that, that was actually them asking like, how can I help you? And I didn't realize that. <laughs> I thought, I was like, oh, do I look so jet-lagged that like I look ill? Which I probably was. And therefore I was like, no, no, I'm fine. Like I'm mm. okay. And then they're like, okay. And then I didn't get help. And I would just stand there. So there's just a lot of, like, awkward standing and, like—
1: And looking around. looking
0: around, and then eventually someone helps you (laughs) because you look lost and confused little American enough.
1: (laughs) Well, how about uh, when—so your classes, so your classes at at Oxford. I think most people listening, if you've been to, to, you know, college in the U.S., you kind of know how it works. So how is it different there at the Great Oxford?
0: So at Oxford, they teach in what is— They have like trademarked as the Oxford tutorial style, which means you go meet with your professor. Usually it's one-on-one or one in a small, like uh, the professor and then like a small group of people. And then they also have like lecture style courses. But the two that I took that summer were uh, Institutions of the Medieval West at Christchurch, and then Romantic Era Literature at Balliol. And I took those with wonderful professors and then two other people. So it was just us, three people and an Oxford professor.
1: Yeah, with an Oxford Don.
0: Yes. And it's intimidating, to say the least, because you also prepare an essay. You prepare an essay each week, which is, I believe most of mine were about six pages long, because you have all week to write this essay. And then you meet with your professor one day a week for an hour. And then you discuss and defend your essay thesis.
1: And that's your grade. Yes. <laughs> That's that's it. So no tests. No. No quizzes. Mm-mm. Unless no
0: st- pop quizzes, your professor trying to ask you to um recite the entire Bayou Tapestry to her.
1: Right. Because that, that
0: happened. <laughs> She's what? like, so how does it start? And we're just like, I didn't memorize the tapestry. Nah. I wrote about well, it.
1: Perhaps you should do that for next week.
0: Yeah. No, no, she just sat there and yelled at us with a book that had the entire like photographs of the Bayou tapestry. <laughs> She's like, So what's happening here? And we're like A battle! (laughs) (laughs) That was our first tutorial.
1: Oh, you Americans. You Americans. (laughs) Uh, So the school was one learning experience, the actual proper Mm -hmm. school where you're getting learned. But what other learning experiences did you have outside of the formal Oxford setting?
0: There were a lot of life experiences. Yes, that's that's
1: what I'm talking about. Just
0: um, trying to navigate a different country and a different way of... Of doing some things like uh, ordering at a pub and punting, I learned how to do the the flat bottom boat with a stick, and you go down a river, just trying to function such a far away place from home. Because I mean, that's the farthest I had ever been from home by myself for a summer, which was made me realize I could survive by right. myself, <laughs> which is good. <laughs> um, you, I learned how to use an international post office. Those were fun. Yeah, they had like kiosks, so there there was no people. So I figured out how to do that. Um, Just try try and figure out like how you need to get things. Meat pies, meat pies Mm. are fantastic, and this country should have them. Uh,
1: When my wife and I went uh, overseas the first time, we we went to England. We spent three weeks, which, by the way, is actually too long, even if you love the place. Three weeks. I highly disagree. We were we didn't have a home base. We had Uh, to like we were constantly moving and going to bed and breakfast, (laughs) and 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 we spent it in England and Wales and we went all the way up to York, and then we were a week in Ireland, and it was just a lot of moving around. We also had to haul a lot of luggage because I had gone over there for the Battle of Hastings reenactment and was having to move swords and armor and things every time we moved, and that was a pain. But one of the things that was the most educational to me, if you want to understand how people in different nations are different. Go to their grocery stores and their convenience stores. This was an awesome experience and it sounds so mundane. But you go to the grocery stores and like all their meat is fresh fresh and made there and it's all still wrapped in paper and they have alcoholic beverages in two and three liter plastic gallon jugs. And the chocolate section, no matter how small the store is, is gigantic. And it's just it's just so fascinating to see the different ways that they do things and their schlocky, you know, their their uh, their impulse aisle is totally different than our impulse aisle. And just that everyday sort of shopping experience that you get over there is just so different. And did you? I, I'm betting you went to the grocery store. Oh,
0: so much, because they didn't feed us lunch. Right. We were fed breakfast, a good English breakfast, and then we had dinner. And on Monday nights, we had formal dinner, which was one of my favorite things, which is very much Harry Potter, Grand Hall. is That's where, I swear, JK Rowling got the ideas from. And also, Oxford likes to say that's where JK Rowling got the ideas <laughs> from. But um, I got very well acquainted with Tesco.
1: Tesco is awesome.
0: Tesco is fantastic. And their $3 meal deal, that's what I ate for lunch. And also, they put mayonnaise on everything. Well, yes. Everything.
1: And that's what, now, granted, this person and I were there, this, gosh, has been almost two decades ago. Now we do, some Some of us take our own bags mm-hmm. into the grocery store to put things in. But in England, that's been that way forever. Yes. And, and we went to buy something, and then they, this is one of those things where the awkward differences, and we paid for our items, and then they looked at us. And then we looked at them, and they looked at us, and we looked at them, and they said, would you like a bag? And we're like, yes, please. And they said, well, that'll be 5p per bag. And it's like, oh, we have to pay for the plastic bags. Oh, we didn't know that because we're stupid Americans. And so they charge you for the bags. I for also each.
0: learned that and went and bought a canvas bag right after.
1: Exactly. So you take your own bags to carry the stuff around. And it's a much better idea, and you feel so English when you, you do. when you do it. And
0: then you – it's like a – a big thing to pick out your bag. Yes, at least for me and my friends, it was. we like, we oh, we have to go pick out our bags now.
1: <laughs> so, educational experiences in England going further. The beautiful thing and the difficult to deal with thing is that the entire country is one gigantic museum, <laughs> inside and out. Inside and out, right? So everywhere you go, there's something historic to see or to do, to absorb. And some of it's not even like a museum thing. Like we were uh, we were in the town of Rye and we're walking down this beautiful cobblestone street next to the river. And there's a pub. And on the pub, on the outside of it, is a handwritten sign that says, Rebuilt in 1423. So it's like, so this building has been here since before the New World was discovered by Columbus. And it was rebuilt at that point. How old is this place? So we actually had to go in and get a, get a pint just because so that we could have done something that old. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's
0: absolutely everywhere. My favorite things that were like, quote unquote, mundane things that people were like, oh, I don't want to go sit in the library. I wanted to go sit in the library because the libraries were old. I got to go sit in Duke Humphrey's Reading Room and write my essays and do research, which is amazing and fantastic and is one of like the oldest libraries, the Bodleian Library. Uh, so there's... The Bodleian Library, and then there's a bunch of different libraries within the Bodleian Library Network. But one of the most exciting things for me was I had to swear an oath to go into the library and get my, my Bodleian reader card and this room where King Charles I had held Parliament during the English Civil War.
1: And that's just where you go to study and write your essays. Yeah. See? <laughs> That's just, and you know, the, the bless their hearts, the university libraries over here, they're all modern, they've got glass, they've got, you know, little hide couches, and it's supposed to be all super cool, but a place like that?
0: No, I absolutely love the Radcliffe Camera, which is where the History Faculty Library was located. It is one of the most beautiful buildings of Oxford. If you Google Oxford, that's probably the building that's going to pop up because it's like this beautiful circular building with a giant dome, and it's absolutely gorgeous. And I would just go in there and sit, even though it was summer and they don't have air conditioning. <laughs> So you just put the windows open and it's not that hot compared a, to Georgia.
1: Yeah, another, another, yeah that's an, another side note. Uh, very few places have air conditioning.
0: My dorm did not have air conditioning. Also, my dorm was huge, huge dorm. I had, I literally, I walked in and was like, well, another person's going to come in here, right? And I'm going to sleep on the couch because I had this giant room. Like there was, it was like a loft. So there was like the downstairs part with like a desk and a couch and a window seat and a mini fridge and like bookshelves. And then there was stairs that went up to a loft that had my bed, my closet and a sink.
1: And that was just yours.
0: That was just mine. It was unbelievable.
1: Well and so, you know, folks, when you when you get a chance to go to like England or Ireland or something, go out and take walks and and see things and, and rent a car and drive because that's another experience is driving on the quote wrong side of the road on the quote wrong side of the car. The closest I came to death and the nearest that my wife and I ever came to strangling each other was trying to navigate a little tiny town of Winchester in a car like that on the wrong side of the road when we couldn't find the directions to the parking lot for Winchester Cathedral, which is a huge building and of course we could see it clearly the entire time, but we could not find the parking lot for it. And we drove around for twenty minutes, almost dying, yelling and screaming, going down the wrong way. And we finally did get there. That's good. It's, so we, you know, well, I'm, I'm here alive. Ask the local folks for what they would recommend because I will, I will share with you. The coolest set of directions I have ever gotten in my entire life, and probably ever will. So we're in Wales, and we're at a little bed and breakfast with this great guy. And we're like, we want to eat at some local place. He's like, oh, there's a great seafood place. Just, just... Down down the street there, and I'm like, well, can you give us directions? She's like, yeah, I'll tell you. Okay, so go out go out the the yard here. I'm not gonna even attempt a Welsh accent, so if I slip into one, just accept it as a Welsh accent. <laughs> go out here and go down the road, and you're gonna come to an old Roman fort. Just walk through the middle of the old Roman fort, and there's gonna be a 13th century church there in the middle of the fort. So just pass the fort, go through the fort, go past the church. You're gonna come out the other side of the fort, and you're gonna go down a go down the hill, and at the bottom of the hill, there's a druid stone circle and at the druid stone circle, turn left, and go like a block, and the seafood place is right there.
0: That is fantastic directions. Where else are
1: you going to get directions like that? Nowhere! Like I said, the whole place is an outdoor museum, and it's impossible.
0: One of my favorite places, so... We would go on excursions. Either my friends would organize them or some of them were organized by our university with the professors. And one of my favorite trips, we went to Wales and we went and we saw five different castle forts that Edward I built when he was conquering Wales. And we went, my favorite one was Conway in the town of Conway. Beautiful seaside town, castle up on the hill, still the medieval stone wall around the castle. We,
1: we went to that. Yes, I know around the the, about. yes. Around the
0: town. We stayed at like this place where apparently queen victoria had had lunch and then my old english professor was like so we're going to go walk the castle walls before dinner and we're like okay or and or or the city walls so i call it castle because it looks (laughs) like a castle everything looks like a castle (laughs) but we go up and we're just like walking around on these like medieval walls of this town with the castle and the sea and it was like i'm in a fairy tale that's how i felt walking around most of this because our, our ideas of Americans, we have like this idea of uh, European fairy tales and then it's like, oh wait, that's just, that's Europe. Is our fairy tales because that's a lot of where our fairy tale stories come from, and yeah, I just felt like a little princess walking around everywhere. And
1: and maybe that's that's part of the reason that they sort of chuckle at us is because when folks like us get over there, we're walking around with our mouth open, agog at every single thing we see, from the you know the the two liter Guinnesses in the stores to the gigantic castles built a thousand years ago. So it's it's fascinating. So folks, that's all we have time for. We highly recommend if you want to just take a hop, skip, and a jump over to Europe. It's super cheap. I think flights are cheap right now if you can even get over there. Uh, Go see it and go off the beaten path, certainly. And if you can get a school to pay for it while you study abroad, (laughs) I'm sure that Marie would recommend that All the better. All right, folks, thanks. We will see you next time. Take care.
0: See ya. Then Again is a production of the Cottrell Digital Studio at the Northeast Georgia History Center. To learn more about the Northeast Georgia History Center, visit www.negahc.org.